You are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing ninety seven podcast. Peace. Hmm. Um, without without a doubt, that's you know, and I kind of alluded to it a little bit before. Um, you know, fly fishing has saved my career in EMS. It's allowed me hmm. to work through some pretty tough times. Um, you know mental health in my in my profession is always a concern and you know have any i mean the ability to go even just go stand in water it'll change your perspective on that day um there's nothing that brings joy um like like it does i mean i i mean i realize i'm preaching to somebody who knows this but it's you know and then and then being having the you know the unique privilege um and i and i do mean privilege to have a child who who actually appreciates that as much as I do, it, it's, it's everything, you know, the, the, the peace that comes from spending time in the water. And it's not, you know, I would say, you know, fly fishing for myself before Ren was super fun, but it was way more got to get that, you know, that hero shot, got to get these big fish and, and on and on. And to be honest, I've caught way bigger fish with Ren and it's not because I'm pounding water. It's because I've sat back and just sat on the bank with her and watched and turned over rocks and you know slowed my pace down because there's no need to rush if if your desire in a day on the water is to just slam fish maybe reevaluate a bit what you're doing um we all love catching fish but it's not really what it should be about and yeah. it's just it's everything you know, i mean you know that you just sit there and and take in what nature has to offer and i always wanted that for her i wanted her to, to learn more from nature than you know other things let it let it teach her lessons let her fall in the water because she's going to get cold and wet and realize that's a poor choice you know let her let her pick up that bug if it bites her she won't do it again you know like yeah. those are those are life lessons you can't you can't teach um they're just experienced welcome to the fly fishing 97 podcast featuring interviews with passionate people within the fly fishing industry. We focus on guides, conservation, resort managers, gear, and talented fly tires bringing usable information to fly fishers. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by The Fly Crate. We'll get to our special guest, Tim Hepworth, in just a moment. We're going to chat with Tim about uh, his adventures with his young daughter, Wren. You can find him at Tim and Wren on Instagram as they chronicle their outdoor adventures, both fishing, fly fishing, hunting, hiking, you name it. Uh, Tim's coming up next. What if the top 10 cities uh, this week for listening folks in Solapur, India? Uh, Berlin, Germany was next this week. And then Los Angeles, California, Pitt Meadows, British Columbia, Canada, Littleton, Colorado, Bellevue, Washington, Salt Lake City, Utah, Philadelphia, PA, Wilmington, North Carolina, and Naples, Florida. Thanks, folks, for uh, for tuning in. As always, the podcast is brought to you by the good folks at the Fly Crate. Since 2015, the Fly Crate has taught thousands of anglers world-class fly fishing techniques, and they provide unique fly fishing flies, gear, and tackle. The Fly Crate is an American-owned company, and they're committed to helping USA veterans by dedicating 2% of sales to Project Healing Waters. Check them out at www.theflycrate.com. Here's your host, Mark Hopley.
Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Really appreciate it. We are going to head out to Red Deer, Alberta. We've got Tim Hepworth on the line. Now, Tim is a guide with Fly Fishing Bow River Outfitters. He also, um, well, him and his daughter, Wren, uh, are up to, well, a lot of hunting and fishing and just outdoor activities in general in southern Alberta and you should check them out on Instagram. It's a pretty cool site and I think it's really cool what you guys are up to. Tim, thanks so much for coming on the podcast tonight. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Happy to be here. Glad to have a chat. So, you know what? We're going to get into... uh, you know, your adventures with Ren and, and what you guys have been, been up to lately. And I, I suspect a little ice fishing. But before we do that, uh, I always like to kind of go back in time and find out what brought you to the water to begin with. So where did your journey in fly fishing start? Well, for myself, I uh, from a very young age, um, my dad raised me a, a lot like I'm kind of striving to do with Ren. And we were raised in, in the outdoors, so hunting, fishing, the whole deal. Uh, a lot of a lot of gear fishing as a younger kid. It wasn't until I was a teenager that, you know, I dabbled with my dad's fly rod a little bit. Um, probably actually the very first thing I ever caught on a fly rod was a gopher. That's uh, what we used to snare gophers when we were kids. And, uh, <laughs> you, you, from, hold on, man. You've got to tell me that story. Okay, let's come back to that. Carry on. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, like honestly, just, uh, you know, I dabbled with it as a bit of, but as a teenager, um, still did lots of, I was, my main focus was hunting kind of in my, in my teenage years. Um, then kind of once I, I met my wife and, and Ren came around, I really, I really dove back into fly fishing. And as you know, once you kind of go down that trail, it's hard to, hard to turn around when you really drink the Kool-Aid and, um, yeah, that really brought me, me back to it in a real way. And I was, I mean, I was pretty nervous, you know, becoming a new father, not knowing or not wanting to give up a lot of my passions. And right. I guess selfishly in a way, I I just took Ren pretty much from the start. I mean, she was about six months old when she went out with me the first time. And from there, it just kind of, you know, it snowballed over the next few years until it just became a passion that we shared. And she was as into it as I was, which was perfect. And it, uh, it really just went from there, man. We didn't, uh, I didn't have really any goal in mind per se. I mean, especially, especially when it comes to, um, you know, our, our Tim and Ren account on Instagram, we had no, no agenda there just to more or less just to kind of share with friends and family to start with. And then it kind of blew up into what it is now and mm. just sharing our adventures and that it's possible, um, trying to encourage other parents to, to, you know, see that it can be done and also hopefully encourage them to do it themselves. I really think it's cool as a father of two daughters. I think it's pretty cool what what you've done and and how and how your daughter seems to really embrace it. Because I I caught up on some of your vid, videos and I have been uh, following you on Instagram for a little bit and kind of. Um, why don't you tell us? Like I think the biggest thing for me too is it's totally org- I can tell it's organic. You know how some things seem calculated, and it's like okay, these people are trying to do this, but you genuinely just started recording is kind of what it seemed like is it, it why don't you walk us through how your how this all started yeah like i said when we when we first i can still remember the first couple trips i had with her a couple of the first major ones you know the the major hiccups of what it was and i remember videoing some of it simply because it was you know i wanted to share it with my wife and show her well i guess that she was safe more than anything <laughs> but that you know yeah. trying to play this off like don't worry i can take care of it we can do this and it just kind of started 
you know, this organic thing where once a year I was putting together a little montage of, of video for my parents and getting to show my dad and share with my family what we've been up to. And, and so I kind of always, and like you said, it, it, it is organic because what you can't fake is how genuine mm. a child is. Yeah. They don't have, they're not out there to, you know, they're not acting and they're not, you know, modeling. They're, they're just who they are. Um, and Ren, she's got a very unique personality. I think for a kid her age, she's very outgoing, which makes it even easier. And, you know, I don't always have the camera on, but I, I'm kind of pretty good at knowing when things are going to get a little exciting with her. So, um, some of the things we do, I just try to, like you said, hit record, capture it. Um, Mm -hmm. if not for other people to see, but for ourselves and just to, you know, to document our journey. I mean, I hope one day to be able to look back on, on all this and, and relive it with her and, Something that has always kind of stuck with me was um, thinking that a child really has no memories before five years old. It's not something that they carry on later in life, hmm. which is almost a sad thing. Um, Ren's now five, and I just think to myself that, you know, what what's better than having the proof of everything that happened before she'll remember? And now we have the opportunity to go back and look at it all, and um, you know, that kind of kind of speared it forward to try to capture more you know we yeah, we live in a day and age where technology is quite fluid and it's easy to do it and you know once i i started kind of an instagram account with her and posting some more adventures it, it really i think because like you said it is quite organic and genuine it really snowballed because people appreciate that it's one of the few things on social media that isn't fake mm-hmm. it's not planned it's yeah. not yeah um like i can't can't script her <laughs> so it's uh <laughs> Yeah, it's just a real genuine reaction. A lot of people, I think, really grasp onto that because of that exact reason. It's not something that's staged or or anything. It's just a kid having fun in the outdoors, excited about things that make her happy. Um, and it's not just Peppa the pig. You know, it's it's bugs in the river and, and things that, you know, actually can teach a kid in a better way. I always think even whether it's a child or even an older child, it's cool to see it through fresh eyes too, because I mean, as a guide, I'm sure, you know, you've been there, done that, right? So to see it through fresh eyes would, would probably be kind of cool. It really is. Right. Cause you know, things that I take for granted every day that I float down the boat, hmm. when I have her in the boat, she reminds me of them, right? She points out the duck that's in the river that excites her and, you know, the things that I just look past every day because I'm busy staring at flies or indicators or whatever it might be. <laughs> and she really brings it brings it home, right? Like it brings it back to right. the reason we really all should be doing. And uh, I like it. Yeah, it does. It centers you. Mm-hmm. So if you had to kind of look back in your history, so obviously Ren is learning fly fishing or, you know, the river, the insects from yourself. Who did you learn from? If you had to look back at your fly fishing career, are there some guides that kind of stand out, some mentors um, that you, you kind of learn from? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it wasn't, and that's, you know, I we preach about our tribe all the time, our community. If it wasn't for our community of um of friends that, well, they're my friends, but they're, they're as much Ren's friends, a bunch of dudes and some girls that, you know, have brought me through my journey. I, you know, stepping into the guiding world, um, I guess, first off, I'm a, I'm a full-time paramedic. Um, and at that time when I started entering into the guide world, I, I was looking for an escape from it. I wanted to hopefully find a way to, 
to bow out of EMS and to move on with something I had a passion for. And, um, in finding the right group of people, I took a guide school here in Calgary, which was a huge way of gaining, um, not only abilities, but, you know, the network of people that I'm going to bind to. And now probably the biggest influence in, in my life in fly fishing hands down would be a fella. I'm not sure if you know him or not. His name's Dana Lattery. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's first cast last pass on, on Instagram. He's, uh, I, he actually owns fly fishing board outfitters. I, I work for him. Okay. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have anything in this career. Um, I would have, my uh, learning curve probably would have been, uh, a lot slower. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's having those people that really feed into your life, that, that mentorship that really bring you a long ways really fast. Um, I mean, obviously before that, without a doubt, my dad, um, mm-hmm. he's, you know, been a partner in crime as long as I can remember. I'm, I'm the youngest of nine kids. So there's a ton of us. He spent a ton of time invested in his children and I was the last one. So I think he, he maybe put a little, a little extra sauce into me because he, you know, <laughs> he knew I was his, his last one on the way out. But, um, yeah, I mean, I grew up on the river with him, grew up in, you know, in the muskeg hunting moose and all these things and, uh, time on the river from a very young age with him, whether we were fly fishing, cause he fly fished a lot before I did. I was conventional fishing while he was fly fishing a lot. Sure. And it's just, you know, he taught me a lot about the bugs, taught me what to look for, um, all those sorts of things. And then that just really, you know, cascaded into my life and, and my passion of, of learning. Um, and then, yeah, you have a, a group of people that come around you and see the, the potential in you and, and, and really foster that. And, Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where we end up where we are today. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I like it. There's some of the parts, right? It's, uh, it's so true. Yeah. Uh, anyway, you, it. you said something too earlier that, um, kind of stuck with me. And uh, when, you, when you're talking about capturing the moments with Ren on the water, uh, and saying that, you know, you don't really have any memories before five. And I started thinking when you said that, and I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I, I can't, I can't think back that far. So that's pretty cool what you're doing. You're kind of, it's a real time video that she can look back on, uh, you know, this is how I came to hang with dad and find some quality time in the great outdoors. Yeah, kudos. I, I, I love what you're doing. Yeah, thanks brother. I mean, it's, that is what it's about. I, it, as morbid as it kind of sounds, I, I, I always think to myself, if I was gone tomorrow, I want her to remember me. And the only way to do that is to have that. Right. So mm-hmm. it's, that's what it's about. Yeah. It really is. And I mean, not to mention it's, it's your, it's your kid, right? And she's my only daughter and she'll probably be my only child. And so, um, the freedom that I have with my job as far as my schedule, because I, I don't, I actually, I work a lot of hours, but I don't work a lot of days if that makes any sense. And yeah. it gives me a lot of time with her. So, um, <clears throat> about a two thirds of my year, I get to have her and do whatever we want. And right. when it comes to the seasons where we can, in the outdoors it's i mean there's nothing better i know when i I looked at the the guiding kind of um what you need to do to become a guide and and being a paramedic probably lends itself pretty well because there's a lot of first aid involved in that actually isn't there yeah it seems like you're definitely pulling hooks out of people every so often (laughs) and such and i guess there's there's not your own face someone else's (laughs) (laughs) that's that's why we're fishing barbless (laughs) um I want to, yeah, exactly. I want to get exactly. to know you a little bit, Tim, in and around Red Deer. Are you ready for a few random questions that probably don't have much to do with fishing? For sure, absolutely. When when Ren and yourself are driving to the river or wherever you're headed fishing, 
What are you playing on the stereo? Because this is probably a tough one for you. Can you listen to whatever you want, or is she driving the bus? Oh, man, that's a good question. Um, so kind of our, our deal, like when it comes to if we have a travel time to the river that's longer than an hour, um, she gets to watch a show of some kind. So if it's, let's say we're driving just over an hour somewhere, she's her probably like her go-to. She she loves her Disney. She loves her Frozen, mm-hmm. um, something like that. If it's under an hour, then it's my ballpark. So then I get to listen to what I want to. Um, she she loves jamming out to music. She's uh, She loves her hip-hop and rap, believe it or not. That's kind of what she, <laughs> she really loves. <laughs> so she's uh, she loves listening to that. Um, we love country music too, for sure. She, she, she jams with that. Yeah. And we, we do some podcasts too, for sure. Like I, I've become a lot more um, invested in, in listening to podcasts and, you know, I learned a ton. Well, we learned a ton even from the Orvis fly fishing podcast. Uh, listen yeah. to that with Tom Rosenbauer a ton sure. driving the river and, you know, picking things that might be applicable that day for where we're going and, and doing some learning, but yeah, if it's over an hour, it's in her ballpark. I get to listen to Disney all the way there. So <laughs> she gets her screen time. Uh, right there. <laughs> I, I just remember the the Little Mermaid. That was that was a that was our go to back in the day. Frozen. Oh, that was yours. Uh, yeah, Frozen. Though that I could see that being a big one. W- one go to fly pattern that you guys can't live without. So if you're throwing something on the bow, more often than not, is there one pattern you reach for? Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I would say for um for us, it's a it's a hopper pattern. So my my go to is um called a a donkey kong donkey kong um a grasshopper pattern and i i like using them with her because <clears throat> we, we fish a lot of droppers off of them in the summer and it's a really big fly it gives a lot of um, a, you know it's a good indicator for her to see and you know makes it makes it a lot easier for her and especially in the mountains another it's a great bug for the mountains whether it's that or a bigger stone fly pattern but right um for her it's got to be a little bigger she's a little easier to see and and uh a good little indicator for her Full full disclosure, I'm fishing a lot more still water than moving. Um, when you say Donkey Kong, I don't know that pattern. Is that kind of like a club sandwich with foam in it? Is it is it a deer hair pattern? What, describe that for me. Um, yeah, so it's actually it's it's one I can't I can't tie, and I'm an avid tire, but I, I can't figure it out either. You got to have a lot of foam cutters. It's it's almost 100 foam, hmm. uh, very realistic on the underside. Um, it's got a nice pair of post wings, so you can see it and uh some nice barred rubber legs but yeah it's pretty much 100 percent foam so that's okay. kind of the key the key part of it is it floats really well and yeah uh, stays up on top where where the men's that aren't so good don't sink it <laughs> yeah foam's always great for that high and dry for sure yeah. so i want to your favorite place to talk fly fishing so if you're not on the water tim is there a place in and around Red Deer, like a fly shop, or maybe it's a restaurant, a coffee shop, a watering hole. Is there somewhere you go to get your fix when you're not fishing? Yeah, you know, it's a that's kind of a funny question because there is 100% a hundred percent a spot, and it, it's ironic enough every morning before um, before we start our day guiding, uh, or whether we're even if we're you know some of us are guiding, but some of us aren't. Our crew, we got four or five guides in our crew right now. We all meet at a Starbucks down in Calgary, and. We sit around. We always go in early. Even if I don't pick up clients till 8, I'm going to be there by about 6.37, and we sit there and have coffee for an hour and just debrief and, you know, talk about the day or talk about the day before, you know, kind of all help each other get onto the right the right kind of path before heading out on the water that day. And, mm. yeah, our days aren't complete without that. We, it's crazy, but you just live for that that morning coffee and, and hanging out with the boys and yeah, 
or Ren, if she's there and we're, we're not guiding that day, then she's, she's in there like a dirty shirt telling stories and yeah, what's your, fits right in. <laughs> what's your go-to coffee and what's her go-to drink? Oh, she's all about the hot chocolate. She loves her hot chocolate. Yep. Um, for me, I'm a, a flat white guy. I love my flat oh, yeah. whites. Yeah. Yeah. I found mm-hmm. that, found that lately yeah. actually. I, I do like that for sure. I, I, I feel you on that. That coffee's so important too when you're up. You know, especially when you're up on an early trip, <laughs> yeah. you just gotta get the juices flowing. And I always thought the perfect get it in there. perfect business would be like coffee shop slash fly shop, where you can go have something to drink and just shoot the breeze. You know? Oh, it's the perfect. And my, I agree, hundred yeah. percent. It's it's an interesting topic to talk about because the culture in and around Calgary. Well, I'll say Canada for the most part. Mm-hmm. It isn't quite the same. Like you go down to Montana, we spend a lot of time down there. Um, well, when we could get down there. And, uh, you know, there are exactly what you're describing. Fly shops that have a cafe, have a, you know, you pick up your lunch there at the morning, yeah. book your shuttle and hit the river. And it's like, oh, they just have a market on it. And it's a lot more of a culture there than I think it is, at least where we're, we're at up here. But yeah, yeah, you're right. If I could start my morning oh, in, in a shop, grabbing some flies, having a coffee, oof. When you when you walk, you know you're driving down the street and you're seeing people wearing waders just down the street. That's when you know you're in the mecca. Yeah, <laughs> you're, 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 you're at home. <laughs> Take me there, please. Oh man, I could go yeah. there right now. Let's talk sports. I don't know if you're a big sports guy or not, but being um Red Deer, hey, maybe it's the Red Deer Rebels. I'm thinking maybe it's the Calgary Flames, Stampeders. If you're following sports, who are you pulling for? Actually, I'm the worst Canadian boy out there. I'm not a hockey guy. Um, I grew up playing playing basketball, so I, I follow okay. the NBA quite closely. Cool. Um, always been a big Toronto fan, and um, yeah, that's that's kind of when it comes to sports. We're we're that, and we're also like our family. Um, me and my wife, we both competed in CrossFit before we, um, you know, mm-hmm. right when we first met, before we had Ren, and so she's kind of grown up in the CrossFit gym as well. So if we're if we're watching sports at that time of year that uh, you know the CrossFit community is competing, that's that's kind of what we're into too. So do you get your wife out fishing yep. too with you guys? Is is that something she she's into also? Um, I would say she tolerates it. It's not something that's. Uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I can <laughs> like relate it, to it, that. I think it, <laughs> it kind of drives me a little batty at times. I think Ren too. But what she's been really good about is she she understands that it's not it's not really about the fishing. It's about the being out there together. So, yeah. um, of late she's definitely, and, and you know, this last summer I got her in a couple floats and she was doing so good and, and she caught some fish and she was getting pretty jacked about it. So I can tell that the bugs there mm-hmm. just maybe not the same level that we're at, but yep. she loves to bring a book along and that's especially good. out on the lake or something that's nice and relaxing. She'll just grab a book and come join us. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate that. Especially now it's just, just spending time outdoors. I mean, you don't necessarily need to have a fly rod in your hand, although I know I do, but it's like, you know, if, if your partner or people around you can just enjoy it too for what, what they're doing, that's pretty cool. I want you to fill yeah. in fill in the blank for me, Tim. So when I'm not fly fishing, I'm usually doing what? Working. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Yeah, for the most part. Um yeah, I mean full full time dad and it's uh I, I work a schedule where I work two days on. So I work a full 48 hours wow. Then I got four days off. So even when I'm, you know, if we're not, I mean, these are, these are the tough months for us. I mean, thankfully we do have some ice fishing and we try to live outdoors a little bit more each and every year, but 
our passion is for sure fly fishing and hunting and then this time of year is is always tougher so really if i'm not actually on the water the biggest other part of my life is fly tying um i do it i do a ton of it um it's really my my passion that gets me through the rest of the year and uh mm. Ren's, Ren's definitely getting into it a bit too she's um norvice was kind enough to send her a new voice this year and wow so she's been she's been dabbling on that and starting to enjoy the you know the more she's not tying patterns she's just she's just wrapping material and yep. kind of getting the hang in the groove of it so yeah that's pretty revolutionary yeah, that's probably what, what I, would be the better yeah that's well yeah, i, I, that's I look at that norvice <laughs> and I, I like i got buddies that are uh, you know all about it and i have a feeling once you once you dive into that it's it, it looks pretty good i mean it looks it looks like you'd tie a lot of flies oh, in a man. hurry i yeah you, you do it, it it's a system for sure not like i'll say i've tied on just about every other brand of vice out there and, and there there's a lot of other really good vices out there i have some of equal value and everything but um I, I mean i'm a little biased i do tie for team norvice now and i've really bought into their um into their product but i really do believe it's it's unbelievable and I, I would really struggle to go back to tie on something else now just because yeah. I've tied on it. So I always tell people, I said, if, if you can't afford it, don't try mine because you, you don't want to do it till you can buy one because yeah. you, you're going to be ruined. Yeah, but, no, it's, it's um, a heck of a system. Yeah. I, I remember going, the first time I saw it was at probably the fly fishing show. And I was like, what <laughs> you know because you get so used to what yeah, how that? we tie <laughs> and and all of a sudden something comes along and just kind of kicks that in the butt but no that's cool um if, here yeah. here's another one for you man that i'm i'm, I'm curious about mm-hmm. if you had to kind of distill fly fishing down to one lesson and you're coming at it from from a unique perspective i think having ren alongside you for a lot of this if you had a single takeaway kind of what fly fishing brings to you what would what would you say well i mean peace mm. um without without a doubt that's you know and i kind of alluded to it a little bit before um you know fly fishing has saved my career in ems it's allowed me mm. to work through some pretty tough times um you know mental health in my in my profession is always a concern and you know, have any, I mean, the ability to go, even just go stand in water, it'll change your perspective on that day. Um, there's nothing that brings joy. Um, like, like it does. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I realize I'm preaching to somebody who knows this, but it's, you know, and then, and then being, having the, you know, the unique privilege. Um, and I, and I do mean privilege to have a child who, who actually appreciates that as much as I do it. It's, it's everything you know, the, the, the peace that comes from spending time in the water. And it's not, you know, I would say, you know, fly fishing for myself before Ren was super fun, but it was way more got to get that, you know, that hero shot, got to get these big fish and, and on and on. And to be honest, I've caught way bigger fish with Ren. And it's not because I'm pounding water. It's because I've sat back and just sat on the bank with her and watched and turned over rocks and, you know, slowed my pace down because there's no need to rush. If, if your desire in a day on the water is to just slam fish, maybe reevaluate a bit what you're doing. Um, we all love catching fish, but it's not really what it should be about. And yeah. it's just, it's everything. I mean, you know that you just sit there and, and take in what nature has to offer. And I always wanted that for her. I wanted her to, to learn more from nature than 
you know, other things, let it, let it teach her lessons, let her fall in the water because she's going to get cold and wet and realize that was a poor choice. You know, (laughs) let her, let her pick up that bug. If it bites her, she won't do it again. You know, like those are, those are life lessons you can't, you can't teach. Um, they're just experienced. So, yeah. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. I, um, it's funny. I, one of my good fishing buddies was a firefighter for years and, you know, we go on these long trips and he'd get into all the stuff that's going on. And I'm like, man, that's pretty heavy. But the minute you step out on the water and I'm sure paramedics probably exactly the same idea or even, you know, um, police force, whatever army, whatever you're doing. And in fact, I've had a lot of people on this show that really talk about fly fishing as a form of therapy. So it's like, you know, you get out there and you just get a chance to shut it off. Has that been your experience? Without with 100%, you know, like that, it's, that's exactly, um, what took me back to fly fishing to start with, I think was, you know, hunting season wasn't always there. It's only a couple of years, a couple months a year. So I was like, okay, hey, well, how do I fill these other months? What can make me happy? Hmm. And being, you know, bad calls at work, you know, the, this, the struggle of, of mental stress, the lack of sleep, these, all these things that that job offers. And don't get me wrong. I love that job. It, it means a lot to me to do what I do there, but being able to step out on the water after that, or, you know, at work, I take my tying stuff. I come back from a call and something's just in my head and I can't let it go. Go sit at the vice for, for a few minutes and and whip out a fly or two. And Hmm. that, that is therapy. Like there's no other, there's no other word for it. Um, river therapy is a very real thing and, and fly fishing, it saves, it saves lives. That's, there are people who need it. Um, We all need it. It's, it's the best addiction could have and um, you know i don't i don't i'm not addicted to anything else really i don't you know i'm not doing drugs i'm not over drinking smoking these things i that's my that's my addiction so yeah i I got i got an addictive personality but i will tell you that fly fishing is the healthiest one that (laughs) i have with without a doubt yeah (laughs) i know (laughs) this might be a hard one for you best job you've ever had because you know you're you're balancing a lot of different worlds here. Um, is it is it dad? Is it guide? Is it paramedic? What's the best? Or maybe it's something else. What's the best gig you've had to date? Oh man, yeah, hands down, being a dad. Um, there's nothing. There's nothing like it. Um, you can't compare it to anything because nothing will ever mean as much to you as your kid does. Um, you love your wife, you know, you love your parents, you love, there's things you love in life, but the first time you hold that kid, uh, it just takes your breath away and there's nothing that you wouldn't do for them. Um, that's, and be, because of being a dad, it's, it's driven me to do so many things. It's, it's made me a better person. Um, because I, I want to be that better example for her and I want to, uh, you know, you just want to be the, the person that she looks up to. And so whether that's, you know, other things in life that you do differently or whatever, but yeah. best gig I've ever had is being a dad, like hands down. And well, yeah. Well said. That's uh, that's good stuff. We're chatting today with Tim Hepworth. Now, Tim is out of Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. Uh, he's a guide uh, with Fly Fishing Bow River Outfitters. He's hide boats pro staff. He's also a paramedic. He's also a dad to Ren Hepworth. And so Tim and Ren check him out on Instagram outdoor adventures. So basically Tim's getting his, his little one out there on the water, you're hunting, you're hiking. Um, 
does does Ren have a favorite? I gotta ask. Like, is she is she more into fly fishing or hunting or? Yeah, I, I would say um, her her definitely probably her favorite outdoor activity. It's because primarily probably because she spends more time doing it is definitely fly fishing. That's where her her passion lies. Um, I think more just because it's so multifaceted. It's not just casting. It's turning over rocks. It's fish handling. It's all these things that she's been doing now for you know four years of her life and really it's uh it's really been her passion a a very close second and this is one of the first years we've really put a lot of time into it was uh waterfowl hunting and Mm. she's kind of at the size now where she can get around more she's helping us set up decoys she's you know sitting in the blind with friends it's it's very very similar to being in the boat you know you got a couple buddies in the boat and her and she has she absolutely loved duck hunting and goose hunting this year um getting to work with our dog over the birds, like things she hadn't really got to experience yet. Cause she just wasn't quite, um, quite there, you know, like no, the age wasn't quite there to, to really get her involved. But, right. um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, been a pretty, uh, pretty good year for, for some new experiences for her. Well, I think too, I mean, we're, we're always hunting, whether we're fishing or whether we're, you know, hunting, looking for that perfect hike or you're whatever you're doing out there, you're always, you know, we're hunting fish basically. It's, it's the same animal you know but i i I, i've never duck hunted but um i have done some hunting but uh, i always thought duck hunting kind of looks like birds in general to me i don't know what it is it just seems like an easy transition because i know when i used to go with my buddy for 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 deer or bear it's like man it's a lot of work when you actually shoot something (laughs) and i'm like okay this fish i just pull the hook off let it go life is good you know it's not messy and you know we'll take the odd fish, but I'm I'm not a big fish eater. I, I prefer a ribeye. But I guess yeah. <laughs> I, I guess in a roundabout way, I'm I'm asking you, how involved is she in that process? So when you when you you know when you get some ducks, is she is she pulling some feathers as well, or is she, you know, how involved is she in that? Yeah, to be honest, she's she's really into it. She uh, she loves digging into the feathers. Like she's helped me help me gut lots of the um the animals we've harvested uh she loves i mean she <laughs> she'll tell you all about it she'll tell you oh yeah you shoot that duck it's not dead go over there grab it by the neck swing it around a few times like it's it's a different shift for her because we are like yourself catch and release fishermen for the pretty much 98 percent of the time so um she never really saw stuff die i guess is as plain as you could be so yeah. this hunting season was the first real big season that I, I i pushed her a lot in 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 hunting and maybe some boundaries that i wasn't sure how comfortable she would be and she really was super comfortable like we i did an entire big game hunt with her this year on on a amelie doe draw i drew and she was there from the the stock to the you know the, the gun firing watching it go down in front of us um right in there helped me gut it out had lots of questions yeah. and you know, it really just gave me the opportunity to, to teach a little bit more, you know, like her mom's a nurse, I'm a paramedic, so we're a medical family. Um, so getting to talk to her, what the heart does, what the lungs do like this stuff and actually getting to show her because we're literally pulling it out of this animal, um, was a really cool experience. And, and there was nothing like she was, she, she said, you know, it, it is a little sad that that deer died, but like it's great that we get to put it in the freezer and eat it and right. you know the experience of it it was yeah it was super positive and I, and I wasn't really sure how it would go but uh 
she was jacked and, and, you know, same thing with the ducks. She, every time we bring them home, she's got to help me clean them and wants to see me breast them out. And yeah. we always pull, no matter what we harvest, we try to take something from it for fly time. So that's a way we kind of bring it back to fly fishing. We always pull some feathers or take sure. some hide and, and, you know, tan it a little bit so we can use it later. And yeah. it's been, I think a good, a good thing in her mind to kind of come full circle on the process. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's really good to understand that because, you know, I mean, let's face it, a lot of people go in the grocery store and you don't, you never, you never think where something comes from. And I always think, you know, if you're eating something that was raised on a farm and it, you know, it's one thing, but to have something that's wild running around and had a good life, it tastes different. You know what? I know that sounds a little cheesy, but it does. It does. It, It tastes different. And, and you appreciate it more. There's a gratitude that's embedded you know what I mean? It's it's not like well, Safeway made this. No, Safeway didn't make that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, it, no, I know it's yeah. It, it's is it's really as visceral as it can get. It's something that you not only put your time in um, to harvest, but then um, you know you butchered it yourself. You packaged it. You got it in your freezer. By the time it hits your plate, you're yeah. Yeah, you appreciate it more because you know what it took to do it, and yeah. you also know what that animal gave up for you to have it, and you in. Like that's what a lot of people I think in from uh, maybe a little bit of a tangent here, but in the hunting world, you know, there's a lot of hate on hunting. But I I always tell someone it's like they ask me like what like your hunter that's terrible blah blah blah. We get into this discussion. I said, well, do you eat meat? Well, yes. I was like, then I, honestly, I can't talk to you about this because I can't argue with someone who doesn't understand what happens to their meat. If you understood how that cow was led into a knock box and knocked, they they had no. They were raised for one purpose, yeah. whereas that deer, it had every chance to elude me, and most of them do. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. just you, at some time it does come together, and you harvest that animal. It's it's a different it's a different shift, right? It's yeah. There's a respect. There's a respect. I would factor. rather know where my food comes from. Well, I got to tell you, mm-hmm. the, the hunters and fishers that I run into appreciate that cycle more than somebody that hasn't experienced that because I like like Ren understands. Yes, that's that's gone now, but guess what? It's, it's, you know what I mean? It's part of the cycle and I don't know. It's just a different understanding. I think we need to get back to a little more of that, to be honest. Well, our kids are sheltered, right? Our kids are are very sheltered in a lot of ways. Um, you know, like kids are playing very graphic video games at a very young age, but they don't understand actual death. Um, like death is a part of life, whether, Mm -hmm. I mean, and not every fish that we hook and we want to release lives. And we know that that's, there is a percentage of fish that won't survive and, and that's part of our, our sport. And it's understanding that, yeah, maybe that fish isn't going to survive, but it is going to go right back into that ecosystem and the circle of life. Death, death is, is a part of life. And yeah. I think the sooner that we, we help, we help our kids grasp that, not just like blatantly show them death all the time. It's like help them understand why that needs to happen or does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, they're probably a little bit better off in the future. Yeah. Well put. Um, I want you to put on your artist hat for a second, Tim. So describe your perfect day. If you could walk us through your dream day on the water, you know, you don't have to tell me exactly where you're fishing, but I suspect it's probably the bow, but, uh, you know, walk us through it from the coffee to the casting. Who are you with? What are you casting for? Paint us a picture. Yeah, probably, uh, Probably, you know, my favorite days at this point on the river or, or fishing in general are 
um, you know, I get up, have a coffee. Ren's with me that day. Um, hopefully picking up my dad on the way, way down past to get to Calgary and, uh, grab Dana as well. And we'll, uh, um, be on the bow and, and from there, you know, throwing a, throwing a quick dip. If I, if I feel the need that day and, and get on the river and, uh, you know, the days, the days on the boat are, are, I would be just as happy in the rower seat as fishing. I really love, I love being in a boat, rowing it. Um, and just, you know, day probably mid August where there's lots of hoppers, um, fishing dry flies all day, getting to see, you know, big fish, big fish come up and eat on the surface pretty much all day long. Um, doesn't get much, doesn't get much better than that. Spend, you know, eight, eight or 10 hours on the water and, pull it on the launch and, and for me and Ren and, and dad, it's always a bit of a, a haul home because I'm about an hour and 40 minutes from the bow. Um, and just, those are some of my favorite drives because it's, you know, time with my dad that I love, I love our three generations being together because it, it mm. the conversations, the stories, the memories that happen, you know, there's, they're just, Oh, and then dad brings up, Oh, you remember when you were this age and this, yeah. And that's, you know, that's just how it goes. But those are my favorite days. Cause it, it just means, a lot of time together um time is unfortunately a very non-renewable resource so that's become more and more apparent to me as having time compared against ren because she's it feels like she was born yesterday and she's already five and on the flip side watching my dad age and and head to the end of his life it's it just reminds me time is everything spend as much time as possible so uh yeah that would be my perfect perfect day that sounds pretty good <laughs> yeah, doesn't get any yeah doesn't get, doesn't get any better than that. Um, no, this is a bit of a philosophical question. I, I like to ask my guests, Tim. Is there something about the sport of fly fishing you'd like to see us do differently, or is there anything that kind of irks you about what you're seeing out there, or, or are we just in good shape? Oh, that is a that is a good question, uh, and I guess a bit of a hard question at times to, to answer. Um, yeah, there's a, there's a few things that I would love to see be a little, little different, um, in our industry. You know, there's <clears throat> in the age of social media, um, I'm trying to say how to, how to think to best say this, but mm. there's a lot of people who are, who have changed how our systems are like our river systems are seen and all this. And some of it's for the better, but a lot of it isn't. And it's a lot of, like I said earlier, like I wasn't, when I first started it's a lot of hero shots it's blurring the backgrounds out of photos it's you know it's the it's the fighting that happens with other people in the river like guys if if we're gonna fight about fly fishing one of the most therapeutic things in the world then you are just not doing it for the right reason um there's just a lot of you know a lot of backstabbing in in the industry that we see even as guides and outfitters um and I, I wish that that wasn't a thing. You should be able to step up next to any other outfitter on the river and have a real good conversation, share information, you know, help each other out on the river, smile, wave, all those kinds of things. And there is a lot, there's a lot, at least in our area of that, that doesn't happen. Um, and it's just that I would love to see change more. I would love to see the industry go to be more like one big community, one family, of one mind, but there's enough differing opinions and, and such and history and all those things between people that seems to really drive a wedge, um, in between people. And I think our group of people, I would say our guides, our company, we really, we, we run on this platform of loving people. And 
you love all people, love the people that don't love you, love your clients, um, yeah. breathe into your knowledge and your, you know, your experience, your life, make every day the best you can. And, um, because not only did they invest financially in being there, they've given their time and they've hired you because they want to learn. So I really, I really struggle when I see other people that other guides, other outfitters that don't treat people the same. Um, and it doesn't make us better than anybody else. Cause that's not what we're preaching either. It's just, I wish we could see a, a bit more of a, a community come about, but yeah, maybe one day, maybe one day. I, I get, I totally get what you're saying there. I do think though, as a whole, the industry is amazing. Like I, since I started this podcast, it, it, it amazes me how open people are sharing with information. I think when you get into a small area and some of these heavily pressured waters, when it does become a little competitive, right? Because you've got, you know, people are trying to make a living and, yeah, and, definitely. and that, that doesn't always bring out the best in us. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like when you're out there just for a, for a personal day on the water or, you know, you've got seven different outfitters trying to launch a boat at the same time, it could probably get, I, I get it, but yeah, no, I, I, I feel what you're saying there. And I, I think that was really well put. I, and I would agree. With you. I, I think on a whole, I, as a whole of the worldwide community, I'd say you're right. It, you, I could step into anybody else's outfitter in Belize or Europe somewhere or wherever. And we would just, you know, we'd all get along like a house on fire. Cause it's, mm-hmm. we all have a common love, a common thing to share. And the majority of people that do our sport are conservationists. They love what they do. Um, normally if they are angry about something, it's only because they're trying to preserve what we have and not let it get taken from us or ruined. Um, there is a lot of passion in our sport and it's normally driven by the fact that we are, um, at heart conservationists and want to see our, our waters and our lands exist like they are for as long as possible. Yeah. Well said. So, um, I want to get to your, your Instagram account so people can follow you guys because, um, I, there's a lot to, there's a lot to look at and a lot to learn from, but before we get there, have you had anything weird or wonderful happen to you in your time on the water? So if you had to um, think about crazy fish stories, we've all got them. Is there anything that kind of comes first uh, to your mind? Yeah, to be honest, I think when I think of, let's let's say, one of my, my favorite fish or my favorite experiences, um, to the west of us here, we have quite a few pretty good spring creeks, um, very difficult very difficult fisheries because they are not only heavily pressured, but they're, there's, they're really big fish for the most part, big browns. They're very smart. Um, they pretty much only feed on hatches that are quite prolific, things like that. Um, and I had a day with Ren where we kind of, like I said, slowed our pace down. We just, we just sat and we, and we watched a really good hatch come off, um, um, a brown drake hatch. And we saw lots of lots of fish start feeding and we kind of picked one that we thought was good and and uh we got down onto it and and what we didn't realize was it wasn't a good fish it was a great fish and i was so nervous i didn't even want to cast a fly to it because I, was, I wasn't ready to mess it up and like and ren didn't want to cast because it, it's it's a tight it's a tight creek and it wasn't it wouldn't have been an easy one to do mm-hmm. and she's the one sitting there on the bank kind of sighting for me and encouraging me the whole time dad just cast and i'm sitting there looking through my box trying to find the perfect fly and she's like she just kept saying just cast cast, dad like it it, just cast you're like it's gonna be okay and i'm already dreading 
if I, even if I do hook this fish, how am I ever going to land it in this, in this kind of small water? And needless to say, did hook the fish, landed it. Um, in the process, she falls down the bank, almost goes for a swim. It was a real, uh, gong show to say the least, but I'll tell you what, having the, it was the very first photo she ever took of me with my phone. Um, and it's not perfect. Like half of my forehead's gone and whatever, but she got this, captured this fish that will forever be a memory, a, a gorgeous brown trout with her. And she's obsessed with brown trout. It's unfortunately, she's a bit spoiled. She's had a lot of big ones in, in her time on the water. And so she, uh, she loves it when it's that kind of fish, but that's, that's probably my, my most favorite fish I can remember ever, ever catching with her. That's cool. Those spring mm-hmm. creeks are pretty special, aren't they? I mean, like you say, it's it's not always easy fishing, and not that I've fished a lot of them, but uh, anybody I've talked to that spends a lot of time on spring creeks will tell you it's it's the approach, and it's you, you know you're just trying not to get stuck in the uh, in the shrubbery for the most part. For that, that's the majority of the game is either you're trying to not get carried away by mosquitoes because you're basically fishing in a swamp, <laughs> or you're trying to you know, make a cast through a very, very tight lane to very spooky fish. Like it, it is really the epitome of the most difficult fish to probably catch, um, that we have around here. But yeah, you're right. Super special fisheries. We don't talk about them lots. You know, we always just say it's Frenchman's Creek. That's what we say. Cause it's, that's just a way of saying, I'm not telling you where I'm at. And <laughs> you know, we're just, we just, we cherish those places and, and do our best to, you know, to preserve them. Cause those are ones that could very easily go to the wayside if we weren't careful. So yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. You got any big trips coming up this year? Now, obviously we're still in kind of, I don't want to say lockdown, but we're definitely not traveling as much. Um, hopefully we're starting to come out of the weeds here, but you got any, um, anything planned in the foreseeable future? Um, yeah, well, again, just really depending on what happens with, um, with all the border opening or not. Um, we have a trip planned down to, um, down to Boston to go chase stripers in June. Nice. Now, if hopefully that happens, um, and I'm hoping to have run along for that trip if it can. And, but for this, for this year specifically, that's, that's about it. We've got a trip planned for the following year. Um, hopefully going to chase some char, um, but outside of that, we're just kind of playing it by ear, seeing what what happens, and mm-hmm. see if we can see if we can get those borders open. If if the border does open, that's going to mean we also have a much busier summer on the, from the guiding front. Most of our clients normally on a regular year are American, so we're praying that uh, that happens. So when you guide in the bow, Tim, what is your normal season like? Run us through that. So when does it start, and when does it finish normally? Yeah, so we have we do have spring fishing kind of before our major runoff hits, and and runoff can kind of vary a little bit. It's it seems like the last couple of years has been really long. Um, something that's that's not talked about enough on our system is how poorly the the hydro dams have been run. Um, they're very much run in a in a mindset of um, money and power being pres- um, put back on the grid versus the preserving of the fishery that's below it, and our fishery has taken a pretty good hit because of it. Um, so when runoff happens, it normally happens quite large and it lasts, you know, two to three weeks of unfishable water. Um, but before that, April can be a really good month. Um, April and May before normally our, our runoff is going to be June, mid-June. Right. Um, 
So we do have the opportunity to get a couple months uh, fishing in there. It's you got to be a little bit more diehard to want to do it. It's normally not obviously not dry fly fishing for the most part. It's streamer fishing or you know leeches under indicators that kind of style, which can be very very productive in the spring. Mm. Um, and then once we get past runoff, we're normally you know just breaking into July, and our busiest months are going to be July, August, September, and we will fish, we will guide and guide all the way to the end of October too. But by the end of October, we're, we're, our days are quite short and it's, it's pretty chilly out. So, um, a lot of our floats, you kind of got to adjust your day to, to match the amount of daylight hours you have and such. But, um, yeah, we, we don't have a crazy long season, but the time that we do have, uh, is, is normally really good. And we do, we don't just guide on the bow. We, we'll guide just about any, just about anything. Um, I kind of handle some of the more Northern stuff. If there's people that want to fish, um, you know, up on the Ram rivers, I'm normally the guy that goes up there with them. And, and then we also do guide down in the Southern part of the province, um, on the old man fishery and kind of all the tributaries up there for cutthroat trout. Um, that's kind of our big mountain walking wades as well. So, you know, it's funny when I, when I worked in a fly shop 30 years ago, I wrote down and I still have it. The Ram River. Uh, I've never, really? yeah. <laughs> um, a, a guy that used to come in the, the store that used to hunt out that way, he told me how good it was out there. So I know you're, you're in, you're fishing some, some, some trophy waters right there for sure. Yeah. We're, we're pretty lucky. Like I said, we got some, we got some really good kind of the, the Eastern slopes have, are just an amazing, you know, untalked. We talk about the trunk road. The trunk road is um, just this back, back gravel road that basically travels the entire length of the province um from the north to the south and if you could fish everything you crossed on there you would be doing pretty good is there anything tim that we haven't covered that we should get to is there anything you got going on you want to let us know about or um i mean basically you know what you should do you should throw out your your instagram and where we can find you and where we can find you to get a guided trip also yeah for sure um on, on Instagram, you can find us. It's at Tim and Ren. Uh, that's kind of our main place that I post all of our content, the two of us. Also, my my guiding um, Instagram page is at Timothy Hepworth. That's kind of where I post most of all my personal stuff and some of Tim and Ren stuff, but mostly it's just kind of guiding related. And then if you wanna if you wanna find our, our company as far as guiding is perspective is concerned, uh, we're called Fly Fishing Board River Outfitters. You can find us at uh, www.flyfishingbowriver.com. Um, go ahead, check us out, shoot us a message. This is uh, these years where the Americans aren't up here fishing with the border closed. It's a good time to, to have the opportunity to book in and, and come see what we have to offer. Well, thanks so much for doing this. I, I love what you're up to, uh, yourself and Ren, spending all that time in the great outdoors. And thanks for spending some quality time with us today. No, honestly, man, we appreciate it. Uh, you know, when it comes to our goals of why we do what we do, it, it truly is to share with people uh, um, this journey and hopefully, you know, lend a helping hand in any way we can, whether it's questions about gear, what to do with kids on the water, what, whatever it might be, never hesitate to reach out. You message me on Instagram, we'll, we'll chat, we'll connect. And, you know, it's, it's just about helping you get your kids out there, experiencing what we're, what we're trying to do. So... Anytime. Appreciate it, my friend. You've been listening tonight to a chat with Tim Hepworth out of Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. Uh, it's Tim and Ren on Instagram. Check them out. 
uh, follow along in their adventures. And uh, Tim also is a Hide Boats pro staff, and he also works for a guide with Fly Fishing Bow River Outfitters. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com. Thank you for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Your feedback matters. Let us know if there's a person or topic you'd like discussed. Email us at mark at flyfishing97.com. Until next time, tight lines, and we'll see you on the water.